0: But Revelation 3, okay, let's keep going. (laughs) All right, guys, let me pray. We'll get going. So, Father, we just praise you and thank you, Lord, and we pray that you would speak to our hearts and minds as we go through this passage. Lord, may we not be what we see here, but Lord, may we be those who are conquerors. So, Lord, we praise you and we pray that you speak to our hearts and minds, Lord, may your spirit guide our time together and our day. And, Lord, may we be submitted and surrendered to you. So we praise you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. (laughs) So, Revelation 3, starting verse 1. Write to the angel of the church in Sardis. Thus says the one who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars, I know your works. You have a reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Be alert and strengthen what remains, which is about to die for i have not found your works complete before my god remember then what you have received and heard keep it and repent if you are not alert i will come like a thief and you will have no idea at what you have no idea at what hour i will come upon you but you have a few people in sardis who have not defiled their clothes and they will walk with me in white, because they are worthy. In the same way, the one who conquers, I will dress in white clothes, and I will never erase his name from the book of life, but will acknowledge his name before my Father and before his angels. Let anyone who has ears, hear to, ears to hear listen to what the Spirit says to the churches. All right. Aren't we all just so excited? That we're going to talk about the church that is dead or dying, right? Sardis. Sardis is considered in other other Bibles. It has the title that they are the dead church or dying church. It kind of just depends on which which headings you got. Mine just says, you know, letter to Sardis. So. Sardis is supposedly an impregnable military stronghold city, okay? However, it had been sacked twice, <laughs> It had been taken over twice, and then one time it was so destroyed that they rebuilt it part of the old city on a hill and part of the new city in the valley, okay? So it kind of separated the city. So They thought, oh, the one on the mountain is probably the most, you know, the strongest part. Well, again, they were destroyed twice, okay, over the years. And, of course, we only have their ruins now. So clearly, they were probably destroyed again, especially given the fact that they probably didn't do what we're going to talk about. Okay, so also in Sardis, they had the temple to Artemis. Okay, Artemis is another one of those pagan demon gods you know, and it was all about fertility and blah, blah, blah. Okay. Every single pagan God seems to have something to do with sex, right? (laughs) Right. They're always something to do with sex. That's how you worship them. Okay. So you can imagine that there's probably a lot of weird stuff going on in Sardis along with pagan practice. And then also just what's going on in this church. Okay. So now We've talked about this before when we were in Revelation 1, the seven spirits of God. Right? What is it? Seven spirits of God. <laughs> okay. It's the sevenfold spirit of God, it's the completeness of God, it's the Holy Spirit. Okay. So when we're talking about the seven spirits, know that that is the full and completeness of God, and Jesus. Has it okay? He has the fullness and completeness of God, just like we talked about last week. Jesus is God, He stated it over and over and over again, and we've proven that fact. So, I don't think we need to go beat that dead horse one more time, okay? Although, I would, I have no problem talking about how Jesus stated He was God, okay? Now, the seven stars, right? I said seven stars, right? Yeah, the seven stars, no seven spirits, but the seven stars are the messengers. Okay, they're more than, yeah, the pastors of the seven churches. Okay, they're the messengers to the church. Okay, the person leading the church. Okay, in some 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 places it says to the angel of the church. Right, it says that in the beginning to the angel of the church of Sardis. Hey, okay? the stars are also the angel. Right. Angels and stars have always been equated together. Hey, but we're not talking about the actual angel here. We're talking about the pastor, the lead elder, the person who's overseeing the church. Okay, So that stuff's out of the way. We're good there, right? We understand? Okay. So <clears throat> those are like the easy parts. Right? I know it's weird to say that talking about the Holy Spirit and the seven, sevenfold Spirit of God is easy. But when you read the rest of this, it's when it starts to get really weird, right? It's when we start to go, man, is this me? Is this my church? Is this where I go? Is this what I do? Right? Okay? This church is considered the church that is dead and dying. Okay? The people in Sardis, they look like they're alive, right? Right? Like I said yesterday when we were talking about The idolatry class, sexual idolatry class, okay? I said a lot of this stuff today and yesterday are going to move together, right? How we talked about how we can look like we're alive in Christ. We're doing all the right stuff. We're going through all the right mannerisms. We're going to church. We're lifting our hands in praise, you know, but on the inside, we're just dead. We're dead to the fact that Jesus is truly who he said he was, which was God, right? He is the Messiah. He's the one who died for us. He's the one who saved us. He is the atoning sacrifice, the perfect spotless lamb. Jesus says to them, you have a reputation of being alive. And I'm guessing that many of us, if not all of us, can say we've seen this. Or we currently go to a church where it feels this way or I've been to a church that 100%, this is exactly how it was, and that's the reason I walked out. I can say that. I realized they were just doing it to look good, okay? You know, and behind the scenes, it was still just, it was about money. It was about power, okay? That's what it was about. And sure, it looked good. It sounded good. It was great. People are jumping up and down, praising Jesus, you know, but it was still empty, It felt so empty. And unfortunately, that's what's happening to this church. They're empty and void of the true saving faith of Christ. They have no true love. Right? He says, you got the reputation of being alive. Everything looks good on the outside, just like the Pharisees, right? They knew how to make everything look good on the outside, but on the inside, they're like dead men's bones. They were dead. Hey, how many of us ever feel that way? Feel dead on the inside, but on the outside you're like, ah, I can make it look good. You know, I can suck it up and I can keep moving forward. Okay. The point is it's not that, we're not that we aren't supposed to move forward because we're supposed to move forward, but we're not supposed to be dead on the inside. Hey, Jesus said that he died so that we may have life and life abundantly, Right? Right? How do you have that life abundantly? Well, you surrender it to Jesus, right? Okay. We don't want to be dead. We don't want to be the walking dead. We used to be those people. We don't want to be those people anymore. We want to be made alive. We want to walk in Christ. We want to live for Him day in, day out, never ending. Right? You guys agree? You want to be alive. And even if you are going to a church where it feels like they're just doing these things to look good, maybe you're the one who's supposed to change it. Maybe you're the one who's supposed to breathe new life into that, right? Going, hey guys, we're kind of veering away from the Bible and we're starting to look like this church in Sardis. Get out. Right? We need to do something different. We need to change. And unfortunately, that might be the answer you get. Okay? Because they're going to look at you and go, where's your seminary degree? Do you got a master's in divinity? Do you got a doctoral degree? And you're going to go, no, but I have the word of God, and this proves what you're doing is not right. Right? right? Now, he's not wrong. I've seen it. I've seen it happen, right? I've seen it happen. So, you know, it's just one of those things that, that, unfortunately, that is most American churches, okay? It's not Christianity, it's churchianity, okay? They're being one to the worship, they're being one to the preacher, and they're being one to how big the building is and how magnificent all the things are. Right? There's a, yeah, now we got the coffee bars, you know. Now they're being one to the things that don't actually matter instead of being one to the gospel. Okay, you're going to worship the thing that you're one to. And if you're not one with the gospel, you're not going to worship the, the Lord who gave us the gospel, who is the gospel, right? If you're going to be one with amazing worship, you know, don't we all love the fog machine? Right? Everyone loves the fog machine. Oh, you know. Got to have that atmosphere, right? I don't even know why they turn it off after the band is off. Right? We, we, we got we to have that atmosphere. We got to have the concert. We got to have the, the emotion. Right? That's not what it's about. It's about worshiping Jesus and coming into contact with the Holy Spirit who is going to change you right? Our transformation is not because of awesome worship. Our transformation is not because of the lights, not because of the video equipment or their live stream or the fact that they have a separate room that you can go sit in because you don't want to be around other people. Hey, <laughs> I understand the cry room. It's hard to preach when there's a crying baby. Okay. <laughs> you know, but still, It's one of those things, people are being one to those things. And so they identify with their church more than they identify with the one who actually saved them. Okay, so they have that reputation of being alive because they're going to church and they're doing all the right stuff. They look good, they're singing as loud as possible. You know, the preacher's losing his voice because he's preached 15 times that day for every half hour service that they have, you know, half hour of singing and five minutes of preaching. (laughs) I've been to one I'm not talking about any specific church I'm not going to say any names because I'm not getting in trouble you know but the reality is this is some of the things that we see now is there a place for some of these things I think so okay but if they're not bringing me into a proper relationship with Christ should I be there No. no no You know, if they're not helping me grow in my walk with Jesus, you know, that's not the place I need to be. Okay, so we don't want to have that reputation of being alive yet dead. Right? Are, can we all agree on that? Amen. Amen. Okay. Oh. I mean, you guys know me. I want to jump to like a... Thousand different references. (laughs) Get just keep it down to a (laughs) hundred. I like Josh's plan. Just keep it to a hundred and we'll be good. (laughs) Right. So I don't know. I want to. I want to talk a little bit about the fact that they have that. That I want to go into some of the biblical examples of what it looks like to have a false profession. Okay, now you guys don't need to turn there. And yes, I'm going to grab a different Bible of the like five I have on my my little mobile desk here. Okay, but that's because this one has the references already for me. Let's talk about false profession or false religion. Okay, can we do that? Are we good? You guys cool with it? Fine. Psalm 7836. Like I said, if you don't want to follow, you don't have to. Just saying, you might want to. 78. 36. But then, they would flatter him with their mouths, lying to him with their tongues. Okay? In that verse, he's talking about the fact that, you know, they're kind of just saying stuff. Trying to flatter God. But within their hearts, they don't mean anything. They're not talking truthfully about Jesus. They're just saying stuff. Talking the talk and not walking the walk. Exactly. Talking the talk, not walking the walk. Right? You know, like, like Adam's favorite book of the Bible says. You know, we got to actually have actions with our faith. There needs to be deeds that back it up. Okay? Not so we can get something, but so we can show we've already been given something. Okay? So now, in Proverbs... Twenty-six. Twenty-three. All right. Like a coating of glaze over earthenware are fervent lips with an evil heart. Right? Again, it's like that whitewashing. Okay? Whitewashing the outside of a tomb or cleaning the outside of the cup but not the inside of the cup. It is Ezekiel. Thirty-three. All right. So Ezekiel 33, 31, my people come to you as they usually do and sit before you to listen to your words, but they do not put them into practice with their mouths. They express devotion, but their hearts are greedy for unjust gain. And then on to 32, indeed to them, you are nothing more than one of one who signs or sings love songs with a beautiful voice, and plays an instrument well. For they hear your words, but do not put them into practice. Right? Even in the the Old Testament, even in the Old Testament time, they're giving lip service. And God is calling them out for it. Right. God is in the business of calling out people for not worshiping, worshiping him properly. God is in the business of calling out the heart. Right. He wants to change our hearts. OK. And if we have a change of heart, then we're going to be worshiping in spirit and in truth. Right. We're going to be actually doing it with our whole hearts instead of just giving him lip service. Right. God doesn't want that. Okay. Even, even at one point he says that, "Look, I don't want your sacrifices, I don't want your bowls, I don't want any of that stuff. What I want is a broken and contrite spirit. What I want is a true worshiper, somebody who is going to give me their heart, somebody who is going to surrender themselves to me. Okay. All right, Matthew, Matthew 7:21. Not everyone who speaks to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the ones, only the only he who does. Sorry, guys, I got to memorize in a different version. <laughs> uh, will enter the kingdom, of heaven, but only the ones who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. And again, it's somebody who is l- actually doing the will of God, who is actually living for Him. Okay, Matthew 7, back to verse 6. Yeah, he's going to reference something that Isaiah said. So, he replied, Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you hypocrites. As it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. 7-6? Seven, six? Oh Mark, sorry. Oh, oh my. Dyslexic. Wow. Mark. Wow. Mark. Mark, Mark. Mark seven six. Hey. hey. Six. Really <laughs> so fast, my awesome. Mark seven six, Sorry. Yes, Mark. Mark. I apologize. I'm sorry. I, it looked like a T to me, because it's abbreviated MK. It looked like an MT. <laughs> I mean, but here's the fun part. Here, here, I mean, but 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 here's the fun part. I got corrected, and now I will fix it. Okay, it was a mis- it was a simple mistake. I'm not trying to lead people astray. I ain't no Osteen over here. Seven, Mark, Mark seven six. Okay. Yeah. He replied, Isaiah was right. When he prophesied about you hypocrites, as it is written, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. I hate to do this, but you're still Titus, okay. Anxiety, Titus, one <laughs> sixteen. Man, I hope that's right. It's the abbreviations, man. Titus one. 16 here we go Titus 1.16 they claim to know God but by their actions they deny him they are detestable disobedient and unfit for doing anything good that's hardcore (laughs) that's what? yeah I mean that's that's hardcore right? Okay, and, and I think that, that here, if you go to Isaiah 58. Isaiah 58, yeah, we'll jump back to the Old Covenant. Come on now. 58.2. So For day after day, they seek me out. They seem eager to know my ways as if they were a nation that does what is right and has not forsaken the commands of its God. They ask me for just decisions and seem eager for God to come near to them. Okay, so they're giving that look of having outward righteousness, but they don't really want God, right? They don't really want God and that's hard. You need to be studied up. You need Jesus. You need to repent. You know, you need to follow him. And also, here's a Bible. Read this. Study this. Okay? That's where it starts to fall on the actual believers. Because if you know that person, yeah, maybe they did get saved in a a false teacher's church. You know, but they don't know that they're falsely teaching. You need to inform them. Okay, it's not wrong to call out false teaching. It's not wrong to call out a false teacher. In fact, the Bible tells us we're supposed to do it. Ephesians 5.11. you know. The end of it is, is that, look, they're professing to have faith, but they are not living out a true faith. They don't have a heart change faith. And so, you know, they're dead. And Jesus is telling them this so that they will repent and return to him okay i mean that's that's exactly what he start, that's what he starts doing when you start going down he's like look strengthen what you have remember what you have been given what is that that they had it was the gospel what did they what were they taught the gospel okay at one point they heard the truth they knew the truth and they were following the truth and then all of a sudden they're like eh. complacency set in and they started just going after their own things. They look good, but they'd have no change of heart. And so he's like, look, strengthen, strengthen what you got left. That little faith you got left, strengthen it. Right. And then he goes on to say, if you don't, I will come to you. Like a thief, you won't know when I'm coming. Right. Right. Okay. Repentance is a key, is a key, right? It's a key to the Christian life. If we fail to repent, we are failing to follow Jesus. Okay. If we are failing to turn from sin and let go of our evil deeds, not the, not living for the desires of the flesh, not living for the world. We're not doing it right. We're not a true disciple because a true disciple is willing to give up everything. Okay, Jesus says, come and die to, die to yourself, follow me. Okay? We can't do it right. He can. That's why we're supposed to allow the Spirit to lead us, to live for us, to guide us, to change us, to sanctify us. Okay? Jesus justifies us, but that process of sanctification continues. Okay? If you were to jump to Ezekiel 18, verse 30, And of course, this is the house of Israel, but we can apply this to us. Therefore, O house of Israel, I will judge you, each one, according to his ways, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent, turn away from your offenses, then sin will not be your downfall. Rid yourselves of all the offenses you have committed, and get a new heart and a new spirit. Why will you die, O house of Israel? For I take no pleasure in the death of anyone, declares the sovereign Lord. Repent and live. When Jesus came on the scene, he said, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Right? Repentance is key. You want to live? Repent. You want to live? Die to yourself. Here's a good question for you. Have you died? Have you died? All day, every day, we have to make conscious decisions to either follow Jesus or to follow our own way. Right? You know, Jesus says, like a thief. If you don't repent, I'm coming to you like a thief. Okay? Just as the days of Noah, right? Says that's what it'll be like. People will be living, doing all their fun stuff, giving in marriage, being married, all these things don't change. Even though there's destruction and death and all kinds of tribulation going on around them, they continue to just live normal lives like they don't care. And Jesus says, You won't see it coming. Because you'll be blind to the fact that this is all from me. All the trials, all of the tribulation coming down, they're from him. And yet they'll still refuse to repent. They'll still refuse to follow him, right? Further in Revelation, it tells us that when he returns, they're going to see him and they're still not going to want to repent. Do you imagine that seeing the risen lord coming in glory and going, "Nah." That would be crazy. You'd have to be really stupid. And that's the problem. We are. And that's why we're equated to sheep. Sheep are dumb and they need to be led we need to be led. Okay? You guys agree? We need to, we need to be led. Okay? As even even when Sodom was being destroyed, right? It came just like that. Like that. And he just God just brings the destruction and people are like, meh. Right? How many people while it was probably raining were like, "Yeah." This is scary, but you know what? Eh, We're good. And that's where this ties into the next verse. That, look, you got some there who are still following me. Okay? Those people need to be the ones that stand up. The ones who are actually following Jesus are the ones that need to stand up and go, hey, look, this is us right now. God will always have a remnant. Doesn't matter how small, he'll have a remnant. Okay, a remnant is a small group. Okay, God will have a remnant. Even in Jerusalem, it says 144,000. It's a remnant. It's people who actually have given their lives to Jesus. they have the Holy Spirit. And they are the ones who proclaim the truth to the rest of Israel. Israel who still does not believe. Okay, the 144,000 are not people alive today. That we know of, of course, you know, tribulation could start tomorrow. The reality is, is that God has a remnant. And if we are the remnant, then we need to be studied up and we need to be out there proclaiming the truth of what God's word says. No matter what church you go to, if it seems like it's dead, you probably need to call them out of that death. And we need to be called to repentance. A small remnant, even in the day of Noah, Noah while... The, the ark was being built was preaching repentance and no one would listen. They just thought it was some crazy old dude building some giant boat for water that doesn't even exist and rain that they have never seen. And he says that those people, those people will walk with him in white. And he says, and as you, if you conquer will be as them. The question is, do you want to walk in white? Do you want to walk with Jesus? Do you want to be those who are conquerors? Do you want to be those who are listening to what the Spirit says? He wants us to be walking with Him in white. He wants us to walk with Him in the fields of eternity. Worshiping, being with Him, knowing Him. And we can know Him now and we can walk with Him now. And if you do, he won't take your name out of the book of life. That right there is probably one of the strongest verses when it comes to, can you walk away from your faith? Absolutely. If your name is in the book of life, it means you were with him at one point. But if he can blot it out, it means you're not with him anymore. Just follow Jesus, abide in him. And he will not remove your name from the book of life. And when the judgment happens, your name will be called. And he'll go, well done, my good and faithful servant. Hey? And then he will proclaim your name. Whether it's the one you have now or a new one, doesn't matter. He will proclaim your name before God and his angels. But if you deny him, he'll deny you. Hey. And if you were to jump to Matthew 10, 32-39, you see the greatest example of that. Jesus explains it. He says, if you deny me before men, I will deny you before my Father. And then he goes on and says, you must love me more than you love your father, than you love your mother, than you love your children. Many of us as parents, that one throws us for a loop. Because so we love our kids. We want nothing bad for our children. We don't ever want anything to happen to them. We want them to know this message. Right? I'm going to teach that to my kids. Don't deny Jesus. Same thing I'm saying to you, don't deny Jesus. If somebody walks up to you and says, hey, are you a Christian? Do you follow Jesus? And you say, "Uh, uh, uh, uh-uh. Jesus will do the same thing to you. We want our names to be proclaimed. We want our names when he is looking at the book of life and he sees your name and he says, well done, good and faithful servant. And then he'll turn, and whether it's a PA system or he just yells it out because he's got the voice like a trumpet, proclaims your name to the angels and all of heaven. It'll be awesome. Is that what you want? Yeah. That's what I want. It's gonna be a bad day for some people. So they're gonna stand before the judgment seat. They're going to be told all the stuff they've ever done. And then they're going to look in the book of life and go, It's not there. And they'll just look at him and go, But I did all this in your name. Let's say I never knew you. You look good, you looked good. but I didn't actually know you. Who wants to be known by Jesus? I want to be known by Jesus, 100%. So we must abide and live for Him. Okay? You guys listening? Are you listening to what the Spirit is saying to you? Okay? Live out your life with Christ in full sincerity and fullness of heart so that you too will be found in the book of life and be proclaimed in heaven.